I'm Trevor Cummings, and these are my thoughts on money. Hello, and welcome to the Thoughts on Money podcast, what we like to call Tom. I'm Trevor Cummings, your host of the podcast and your author of the Thoughts on Money blog today. I'm here with my two good friends, Mr. Sean Latimer. Hello. Welcome. I like how you have to specify that you wrote the article today, because now we have so many... You know, guest writers, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sean Ulrich wants to start writing too, so he'll be uh, here awesome. soon. Um, and then Blaine Carver. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Before we jump to the podcast, uh, I don't know if it was Sean or Blaine, I think it was you, Blaine, said this was a very philosophical article. Yeah. Tell me more. Well, you're, you're talking about the In the Absence of Truth is the title of the article. And he starts off with a Pontius Pilate quote. So how can it not be philosophical? Oh, yeah, that went <laughs> deep, right? Uh, and I like calling it the gospel according to John. Uh, yeah, there's this interaction between uh, Jesus of Nazareth and Pontius Pilate that I have always read it this way. Pontius Pilate is frustrated, right? And he wants to understand who in the world is Jesus. And he ends this dialogue with what is truth? And I wrote an article that some of the best questions are the questions that go unanswered. So what I wanted to talk about today on Thoughts on Money was this idea of faith, fear, and, and future. Because I will submit to you that I think financial planning, if we want to simplify it, is a description of the future. It might not come true, but what you're trying to do is to give a description of the future because the future is uncertain, and that makes people feel very uncomfortable. So the entire industry is built on somebody being a financial planner coming alongside looking at history, making some reasonable assumptions, and saying, hey, this is how I think we can describe the future. And that brings people comfort. Yeah, you, you mentioned it later in the article, but I think what gets people in trouble is they they start to create a narrative of something that they think will happen. And then um, the probability of this event uh, is, I would say, relatively low when compared to the grand scheme of things. But they continue to convince themselves and they find more articles that reinforce that opinion and, uh, and then they start to make decisions thinking this is going to happen. And normally it's something really bad, right? Because that's what causes the fear and anxiety. And so as a planner, it's really important to say like, hey, what are the odds of, do it, of that happening? And then we try to prepare for what we think is uh, most probable. Yeah. And on exactly where you're going, the, the one liner that I gave, and I gave it in two different fashions, was that faith can exist in the absence of truth. And fear can exist in the absence of truth. You have to really think about what that means. So let's go into it. Faith can exist in the absence of truth. I used some pretty somber examples. I didn't have any other ones that I feel would really punch the point home. But, you know, you go read about Jonestown um, and the mass suicide that happened that where we get the statement of don't drink the Kool-Aid, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's where it comes from. And you understand that these folks were following something that wasn't the truth. But can trust exist or faith or belief or hope if truth doesn't exist? It can. And that's extremely scary. Now, to lighten that up, the other example I gave is fear can exist in the absence of truth. Uh, my middle boy, Judah, has been asking me pretty regularly lately. And he, he knows the answer, but he just wants the reaffirmation. He, he Daddy... Monsters are not real, right? Yes, Judah, monsters are not real. And he's like, oh, okay, right? Because the truth is that monsters aren't real. But he has this fear that uh, his imagination has made them real. And that fear is real, right? So fear mm -hmm. can exist in the absence of truth. Yeah. 
yeah, the fact that faith can exist in, in the absence of, of truth, it made me think about, you know, I, I go to church every Sunday, and I could go to church, and if I didn't actually believe the truth that was preached to me, then it, it would essentially be a, a yacht club. We've, we've had this conversation before, Trevor. It would kind of become a social club. On another note, as far as the, the fear, uh, there can be fear in the absence of truth. I, I thought not necessarily about my children, but about myself and, and others. We often have this negative self-talk that happens. And I think that can sometimes happen because we don't ground ourselves in the truth of, of who we are or maybe of our, our past. Maybe we have hit goals, but we're saying, no, there's, there's no way I can do that. And this is like perpetuation of negative self-talk because we're not grounding ourselves in the truth. And I'm not afraid to do this on the podcast. Faith in the absence of truth, the cryptocurrency world really reflects this. Some people that are the zealots and the narratives that they create are not grounded in truth, mm. but they're grounded in this hope that they have a winning lotto ticket. I'm not saying that nobody out there has uh, you know, some framework for how cryptocurrencies can work and function and things like that, but the narratives that I've heard, I'm like, you have all the faith but none of the truth. Yeah, it's hard too because I, I was talking to someone this morning and they were talking about how they uh, they get socially anxious in, in social settings and they don't feel comfortable talking to people. And, but in their if they're in a place that they do feel comfortable, they're you know they have no problem with it. And I was kind of laughing and I, I was I don't know if it comes with you know age or maturity, but you, you know when you're younger you kind of wonder you know I hope to say the right thing. I wonder if they're thinking about what I'm wearing or what I'm saying. And as you get older, you realize that people are worried about themselves and not you. And you just become so much more comfortable in your own skin. And so it, it's just a hard way to live being anxious about what could go wrong mm -hmm. all day long. And then at the end of the day, you realize like, oh, I guess that didn't happen. Like what, what a lot of wasted energy, right? Same thing in financial planning. If you live every day like it's going to be the end of the world, it's going to be a really tough way to live. Wasted energy is a good way to put it. When you mentioned cryptocurrency, I, I was just in later in the article, you talk about making things simple and how important that is. And I was just thinking about how I try to remind investors that there's really only two reasons that stock prices go up or down, and that's fundamentals and sentiment. Those are the only two reasons stock prices go up and down. When you boil that down, it just makes it a little bit easier to understand, okay, this is probably a sentiment driven rally. Or, oh, this is fundamentals. That's the reason it's down or up. And maybe to help our listeners, when you say fundamentals, you're really saying profits are growing. Correct. So you're saying one of two things, profits are growing or excitement is growing, mm -hmm. right? Multiple it, expansion or exactly, yeah, contraction. Yeah. Yeah, technical terms that our, yeah. <laughs> our listeners might not know. But yeah, it's this idea that either profits are growing, therefore stock prices should grow in concert with that, or just the general excitement about life mm -hmm. is making people more eager to buy stocks and have, uh, and this takes back to the article, uh, a more bright-edged look uh, or, or glossy look about what the future has in store. And I, I borrowed a quote from a book I didn't love, but... Um, this book talked about this idea that uh, faith and fear have something in common, and they both deal with a future that hasn't happened yet. So the book wanted to go from like a psychological standpoint, I think, to say it's kind of a choice. You either are going to basically have hope, right? Faith that the future is going to be better than what you would expect, or fear that it's going to be worse than you expect. Now, the psychological part matters, right? Because we understand that there is this behavioral finance that makes people make decisions. 
So that's what I was trying to put together with the article to say, hey, if faith can exist in the absence of truth, and if fear can exist in the absence of truth, and faith and fear have a lot to do with the future, and financial planning is all about describing the future, hmm, probably means that investors should be very thoughtful on what is the truth. Yeah, I was just thinking as you were talking about it, I am glad that I am a delusional optimist and I always <laughs> think that things are going to work out. <laughs> Everything is awesome. Yeah, I sing it on every podcast. In my head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of my coworkers make fun of me because I do try to look at it as glasses half full. And I didn't want to leave our readers with this idea of like, oh, thank you, Trevor. Like, we should believe <laughs> in the truth. I, I want to describe what does truth look like? Yeah. So I went through a few attributes but it, the list would be so long. So we can just name a couple. I said truth is aged, right? I have a, a friend that always used to tell me, uh, how does he say it? If it's new, it's not true. And if it's true, it's not new. And uh, it's actually a little bit of a, a take from a Charles Spurgeon quote I put in the article. But truth should find its place in history, mm-hmm. right? If, if somebody's coming to you and saying, here is an investment truth, there should be some historical precedent that reflects that investment truth. And then you have to take another step to see, is there a correlation between this truth and what they're showing me in history, right? There's more to that. But truth is aged. It's not something new. Yeah, I just finished that book, Same as Ever. Uh, oh, they I love that book. by Morgan Housel. And I, I won't be able to give a good example now, but he, he gave so many good examples that, you know, although things seem very different, there's a lot of things that are quite the same. And uh, I, mm. I really liked it. Yeah, and the the cover of the book has that... in infinity logo is that right Mm -hmm. um and in the title it it, it relates it's a good example sean to what we're talking about here it's same as ever why because truth is the same as ever Mm -hmm. the same it was two thousand years ago as it was today the characters change the settings change but the truths don't change and it kind of ties into what you're talking about with sentiment like the way people feel it talked about um i forget the decade i get it wrong but they it talked about how much happier people were then. and uh, But when you look at the facts, they actually had it way worse. They had less technology, mm. less healthcare, less medicine. People were getting sick and dying. But the sentiment was, you know, because um, there was less, uh, I think, disparity between the ultra high net worth and, you know, middle class. Mm-hmm. Everyone was a lot happier because, yeah. you know, everyone was kind of winning together at the same level instead of there being big winners and big losers. Yeah, and culture changes, right? Like, Back then, there was probably a humility uh, that was revered, right? But now you find people, you're like, you aren't really rich. You're just looking like you're rich. You know what I mean? Like you take this card, you pull into that apartment complex or something like that. So, and then social media. It's definitely before social media. Yeah, the facade, the appearance. So, yeah, absolutely. Truth. Yeah. I was thinking about expectations. You know, back then, expectations were probably much lower. And like you said, I think more people were on a kind of a similar playing field. Mm-hmm. And now today, we're scrolling on Instagram, looking at our friends' vacations or the new car that you mentioned, Trevor. And we're like, ah, oh, gosh, I, I need to level up. I thought I was doing well. But <laughs> nope. Back yeah. to the drawing board. Or yeah. as a lot of us were talking about yesterday, since when do kids get presents on Valentine's Day? Oh, <laughs> gosh. We're guilty of that. We're, we are too. It comes we from, are too. No, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I went downstairs and there was like a table of like these different gifts and gadgets. And I made a joke about it. And a few of the moms here at the office like, oh, I did the same for my kids. And I'm like, what happened? I didn't get gifts growing yeah. up. No, me neither. I remember my wife did. So guess what? My kids oh, get yeah. presents yeah. for everything. I'm like, geez. Yeah. So truth is aged. Uh, the next part I, I put on here is truth is understandable, Right. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that truth is obvious, but I am saying it's, it's understandable. Truth can be robust. Truth can be thought-provoking. You can meditate on it. Um, 
but it shouldn't be clothed in so much complexity that it's just not understandable. Yeah, I, I was reading this paragraph and thinking about the, um, the uses of money. And so I, I do a class every Wednesday night, or at least for the next six weeks, I'm doing this class. And it's for a lot of younger investors who are just getting started. And we're talking about cash flow. And I think a lot of young investors think, how can I grow my net worth? How can I become rich or wealthy? And if you, this is the, the truth. If you start with a zero net worth, there's no possible way you can grow your net worth if you don't have margin in your cash flow, right? You have to have positive margin. And so I talk about the five uses of money. Money can only be, uh, so as far as cash flow, it can only be, uh, I call it live, give, oh, grow. So lifestyle Say it spending. Say one more time, too fast. Yeah, live, give, owe, and grow. So I know that's four. Okay. But <laughs> you're like, thinking? are you counting on your fingers? I was counting, yeah. So live is lifestyle spending. Um, give, give to charity or, or friends or family. Uh, owe, you can owe debt or taxes. So there's two O's. Oh, okay, got it. And then oh. grow would be actually saving, investing, growing, that, that margin that we talk about. Isn't that funny that you're teaching this class that you're taking things back to the simple parts, right? But it is truth and it is so obvious, mm-hmm. yet you have to tell people that a yeah. lot to say, yeah. if you don't save then you won't have savings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many times do people hang out after and they're like, all right, Blaine, everyone's gone. What's the real secret? Exactly. Come on. <laughs> what, what do they call those things? What's the life hack? Is that, is that yeah, what they yeah, exactly. What's the life hack? Can you just give me a, a quick two-minute YouTube video with how, the life hack? How to get rich quick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's people that named, isn't that the, the gentleman named his book something like that? Or is Kiyosaki? That, uh, oh, it, I was thinking of somebody uh, oh, else. That, that's yeah, oh, not named no, life hack? No, I was thinking the one that's, it's named... Uh, I'll teach you how to be rich. Uh, um, so, but I think it attracts a lot of people in. But then, if you read it, it's what you're. It's the classes you've taught. Like it's pretty simple. Oh, it's like basic and, stuff. So yeah. like, this is a ripoff. I yeah. already knew this. Yeah. <laughs> Brings it in the door. It's gonna take me thirty years. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for the tomorrow hack. Um, so yeah, truth should be understandable, and that's so important in our industry, right? Because financial marketing loves complexity. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. So. I would. I just mentioned the article. I don't know how many investors I've talked to that are really excited about the strategy they want to share with me. But then I ask some pretty simple questions, and they can't regurgitate like the basic tenets of the philosophy. And I'm like, that's not truth, right? If if it's beyond, if it feels like a black box and things like that, it might work for a little while. But those are usually the things that end very nasty. The whole time I was reading this, I was thinking of that Mark Twain quote that says, uh, it's not, it ain't what you don't know. They'll get you in trouble. It's what you know for sure. Uh, but it ain't so or something like that. Did you not finish the article? Oh, did you have it at the end? Yeah. The last sentence, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently I did it, but yeah, I love that quote. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's exactly. So the last thing I say on here is uh, I'll leave you the quote from Mark Twain or Sean will leave you the quote from Mark Twain. Uh, It's not what we don't know what gets us in trouble. It's what we know for sure that just ain't so. So again, going through the attributes of truth, truth is uh, aged. Truth is understandable. This one can be hard for people, but truth is agreed upon. There's somebody else that agrees with you. You can't have a belief that literally nobody else is signing off on. There is wisdom in the counsel of many, and you can be a contrarian. Even if you're in the minority, there should be somebody else that can look at what you've described as an investment truth and say, yes, 
that has legs, that's real, that's, that's something you could foundationally build upon? I think it goes back to just keeping yourself accountable and at least talking, you said wisdom of many, you know, talking to a professional or somebody you respect, a mentor, uh, before you maybe act on some of these ideas. And I think Sean will like this last one. Truth should not feel like a conspiracy. <laughs> well, that's uh, true. It should not feel like a conspiracy theory. Um, it should be, uh, you, you should be able to look at it and carefully um, be objective and critical and be able to see the roots on, hey, this is why I believe this. It should not feel like a conspiracy theory. And if you're laughing that I'm saying that, it's because the three of us that have a microphone in front of us hear conspiracy theories all day long. It's only a conspiracy until it's true. <laughs> until the Chiefs win the Super Bowl and you're a Niners fan. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Swift. Ugh. I have a question for you, Trev. Yeah. So uh, those who don't know Trevor super well, like I do, He's kind of a jokester, a little bit of a prankster. And when you're telling the story about Judah being scared of monsters, did you have anything to do with that? Believe me, everything inside of me wants to let this go and like make it further and make get him scared. But he's like, he's looking at me with these little puppy dog eyes and he's kind of trembling and he's being serious and he just needs that little comfort. <laughs> so I couldn't do it. I didn't know if you did something one time. You're like, oh, too far. <laughs> no, I joke with him all the time about stuff and... Uh, yeah, I shouldn't even say it on this podcast. And he believes me too much of the time. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm so <laughs> yeah. sorry, dude. Well, that's and life I, of a parent. We all, yeah. we all have those moments where we're like, oops, should have done that. Yep. So now, like, one of his favorite things to say is, Daddy, are you joking? Daddy, you're joking, right? <laughs> Daddy's joking? Because Daddy always joking. And I'm like, uh, but yeah, you're exactly right. Um, there's probably something I did in the past that created that. But he puts his little, I mean, gosh. We're on a podcast, but everybody likes talking about their kids. He puts his little hands together like he's thinking about something, and he like looks up at me, and he's he's not shaking, but his voice is like, "Daddy, monsters are real, right?" Hands are all sweaty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, fear can live in the absence of truth, and Judah is showing you something that investors deal with, right? Mm-hmm. Investors are going to deal with it this year. Like the three of us on this podcast are bracing for this election because we're going to have to have a lot of conversations about fear that is not grounded in truth. And at least the nice thing here, which I'm going to probably say a million times, if if this is Trump versus Biden, I, I, I don't know what it'll be, mm-hmm. right? But at least we have experience of the stock market with both of those presidents. True. So at least we can look at that as a reference point. That's true. Good point. So as we wrap this thing up, what we really wanted to look at is there is more that we can talk about on these attributes of what truth looks like and feels like. But I'll take you back to the very beginning. Uh, Pontius Pilate says, what is truth? And that's an important question you should ask as an investor. And want to take you through my key bullet points is that if faith can exist in the absence of truth, and if fear can exist in the absence of truth, man, truth seems pretty important. And a lot of this has to do with your future. And I'll say it again. If you want to make financial planning described in a very short sentence, Financial planning is a description of the future. Again, it's not a prediction of the future, but it is a description of the future. So very important for you as an investor to challenge yourself on what is truth and to be able to weed out those things that just aren't true. That was good. The other day we were talking about planning and I was talking with a client and I kind of described it as like an educated guess and they didn't like that. (laughs) And I was like... Well, but I don't. I don't have a crystal ball. Like, no, no, no. Of course, of course. But you know, like when to avoid things, right? I'm like, ah, you're kind of saying what it, I'm not saying. 
Yeah, because they want to have faith in that. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what they want. They want to believe that you have the crystal ball, and by them coming to you, they're placing faith in you. Therefore, they get access to the crystal ball. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking through this article and how if if everybody else has maybe a half-truth or not the full truth, especially in social media age and this get-rich-quick age, if we have the full truth or at least close closer to the full you truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> all if if we're at least diving into as much of the truth as we can get, wouldn't that give us an advantage over others who maybe don't have the full truth? Something to ponder. Deep. Uh, we'll ask that you rate the podcast five stars or preferred. All comments are welcome. I'm talking very fast because I have an appointment I have to get to. So um, we appreciate you listening. You can reach us at Tom, T-O-M, at thebombsgroup.com. You can address that to Sean, Blaine, or Trevor. And we will be back next week with more of our Thoughts on Money. Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor before establishing a retirement plan.